he was so knowledgeable amongst the Sahaba that he was the only companion from the Prophet Sallallahu said uh, that I am knowledge and Ali is the door of knowledge. That Ali radiallahu anhu is the door of knowledge. Now unfortunately, we don't talk about Ali radiallahu anhu and Ahlul Bayt as much as because uh, I don't know why we don't. Uh, we should be talking more about them. We've just left this for the Shia community. But they are very prestigious and they're very well uh, respected. And Ali radiallahu anhu has incredible influences on Islamic history. Uh, arguably, he's the most influential individual. If you were just to take his influence above the Sunnis and the Shias and what transpires from the different branches, he's arguably the one of the most influential people after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Though Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and Umar radiallahu anhu are greater in merit, and that is the belief of majority of Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah, if someone doesn't believe this, doesn't mean they're not Muslim, but majority of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believes that Tafdilu uh, Shaykhain, uh, that Abu Bakr and Umar anhu are the most superior of the companions after Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we love the two son-in-laws. The son-in-laws are? Who are the two son-in-laws? Uthman anhu and? Ali radiallahu anhu. But Ali radiallahu anhu's influence is remarkable. And even beyond the majority of things we see as influence, uh, if you're familiar with tasawwuf or the Sufi movements, almost every chain of tasawwuf goes back through Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, and gets into Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Ali radiallahu anhu is the dispatcher of many of the uh, concepts of tasawwuf. So he, he has great uh, uh, influences. So let's go through some of his advices. So there's this person by the name of Kumail ibn Ziyad. And Kumail ibn Ziyad, Ali radiallahu anhu, tells him that Kumail, إِنَّ هَذِهِ الْقُلُوبَ أَوْعِيَ وَخَيْرُهَا أَوْعَاهَا لِلْعِلْمِ إِحْفَظْ عَنِّي مَا أَقُولُ لَكَ النَّاسُ ثَلَاثَ He says, O Kumail, understand that these hearts are containers. They contain things inside them. And the best thing that they can contain inside them is knowledge. Remember what I'm about to tell you. There are three types of people. Remember what I'm about to tell you. There are three types of people. Number one, Alim Rabbani wa Mutalim ala Sabil Najat wa Hamajun Ra'aun Atbaru Kulli Na'iq Yamiluna Ma'a Kulli Rihin Lam Yestadiu Binur al Ilmi Walam Yeljau Ila Ruknin Wathiqin. He says, There is one person, he is the devout scholar. He is the one who has who has learned and is also obedient and worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two is that student of knowledge who is studying so that he can be saved in the hereafter. So in A, you're either a scholar. B, you're learning on the journey towards knowledge and you're protecting yourself. He said the third person is the person who is lost. He said the third person is the person who is just following their desires and following their whims. And they're just looking for the next craze, the next hype. They're just looking for the moment. They're just trying to find happiness and trying to find relevancy. So he says, there's these three types of people. And it's just common sense which type you want to be. Then he says, O Kumail, Al-ilmu khayrun min al-mali. Knowledge is better than wealth. Al-ilmu khayrun min al-mali. He said, knowledge guards you while you must guard knowledge. Knowledge protects you while you must protect wealth. 
You knowledge guards you, you guard wealth. Al-Malu Yunqisuhu Nafaka Walailmu Yesku Alal Infaqi. He says, wealth, the more you use it, the more it decreases. Knowledge, the more you use it, the more it increases. Ya Kumail, Muhabbatul Alimi Deenun Yudanu Tuksibuhu Ta'a fi Hayatihi. He says that loving scholars is part of the deen and it is, it is something that is uh, desired. And by people having muhabba for the ulama, they begin to have love for obedience and start obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala far more. And then he says, He says that one of the good things about a scholar is that in his life, people follow them and they, they, they do more obedience to Allah. But after they pass away, all the good that they did becomes manifest and exposed. And wealth is only beneficial as long as you possess it. Knowledge rules and wealth is something that is ruled upon. Meaning that if you have knowledge, you rule. Knowledge turns slaves into kings. But wealth makes you a servant. To earn wealth, we become servants for hours and days and weeks. No, uh, wealth makes you a servant, while knowledge makes you a king. Ya Kumail, mata khuzanul mal wahum ahya. He says, O Kumail, remember that many people who guarded wealth have died, and look, the wealth is still existent. Wal ulama baqul ma dahar. Scholars have died, but their knowledge exists. We talk about Ghazali, and we talk about Rumi, and we talk about uh, this Sahabi and that Sahabi, they passed away centuries ago. They never made an attempt to live forever, but their names have adopted eternity and they are living forever. If, if, I wish you understood Arabic because like the eloquence of Ali radiallahu's words and the choice of his words that he's using is just so powerful. Their bodies are missing. However, their memories are echoing in the hearts of people. That these scholars, they pass away, they go on, but the legacies they, live be, they leave behind remain in the hearts of people. What are we doing if not talking about a great person who lived? You think Ali who ever thought that people were going to talk about him and write books about him? He just vibed. He just did his thing. But he lived a life worth living. He did a life worth living. And we're sitting here now reading about that life and hoping that we can be part and parcel of it. There's a poem, the poet says, وَكَنْزٌ لَا تَخَافُ عَلَيْهِ لِسًا You want to know about such wealth that there is no fear of it ever getting stolen. It's very light. You can summon it wherever you are. The more you use it, the more it grows. And if you stop using it, then it decreases. He says that is knowledge. It is a treasure that cannot be robbed. 
it is light, but it is you can carry it anywhere. The more you spend of your knowledge, the more you use it, the more it grows. And the less you use your knowledge, the more it evaporates. He goes on and he says in his other advice, he says, nas He says, when you tell people uh, stories or a hadith, tell them from the ahadith that are well known and the stories that are well known. Don't go pick up some random thing or some like obscure incident. He says, do you want people to start doubting what Allah and His Messenger have said? And this is an etiquette. You know when we're sharing stuff online and we're telling other people about Quran and hadith, use ahadith and verses that are like reputable and interpretations that are reputable. Don't go around and just pass things that you don't know if it's true or not. You know, um, there was this one narration. You've probably heard about it. That there was a person who brought grapes and then the Prophet ate all the grapes. And the Sahabi goes to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, you ate all the grapes. And you know, I, was, uh, I wanted to have some too. And the Prophet said, oh no, the grapes were bitter. And I didn't want you to have the bitter grapes. So I ate all the grapes. How many of y'all heard of this before? Fake. Never happened. You think the Prophet was sitting there just eating grapes? Isn't that nothing better to do? The Prophet just could have said, hey, they're bitter. Make juice out of it. Come on, man. Like Rasulullah never did that. Now, people say these stories, why? They sound really, they're nice, but no. Knowledge is, is, is a responsibility. And you know when, when, when there is a tsunami of knowledge, two problems happen. A, there's a drought of action. No one acts anymore. So everyone learns and knows, but you can come in here week after week, day after day, and you walk out with the exact same amount of worship. Your Quran doesn't increase, your prayer doesn't increase, your dua doesn't increase, nothing increases. There's no value to that. There's no value to a gathering of thousands of people if after that, people's lives don't change. Number one. Number two, when there is a flood of knowledge, then there has, there, there's also a flood of misinformation and flood of wrong information. You see, there's something called ijtihad. Y'all know what ijtihad is? Can someone tell me what ijtihad is? Sure, struggle, but like, what is it? Like, in its technical term. It's a technical term, ijtihad. Okay, so, y'all know how y'all can't just go shopping for fiqh ruling? Like, take a little from Hanafi, take a little from Shafi, take a little from Malik, take a little from Hanbali, right? Maybe you're like, I already do that anyway, I don't know. But you're not supposed to go fatwa shopping. Right, you're supposed to stick to one madhab. And the ability to look at the Quran and Hadith and then select which ruling is more correct to follow is called ijtihad. And there are many mujtahids in the past, but four famous ones is the ones we mention all the time. What are the four famous ones we mention? Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad. So these are the four famous ones. Were there only four? No, there were thousands before. Were there, four, were there ones before them? There were mushtahids before them. Were there mushtahids after them? There were mushtahids after them too. But these four became the popular ones. Now, are we allowed to do ijtihad? Can I just open up Quran and Hadith and start looking at the rulings and say, will I follow this or I don't follow this? Can I do that? No, why? We don't have the knowledge. 
So the scholars, you see, the scholars, they can do a level of ijtihad. But your ijtihad as a lay man and a lay woman is to be able to select the right scholar to study and the right passage of knowledge. That's your ijtihad. After you do that ijtihad, then you take what is granted. But up until there, where to source your knowledge, that is on your shoulders. That is your ijtihad. Where, which uh, uh, tunnels or which fountains of knowledge you will benefit from. Anyhow, continuing. In, uh, in, in another of his uh, wasiyas, advices, he says, uh, A person passed, one of his kids, one, one person's child passed away. So he says, إِنَّكَ إِنْ sabarta جَرَاعُ إِنَّكَ إِنْ sabarta جَرَى عَلَيْكَ الْقَدْرُ وَأَنْتَ مَأْجُورُ وَإِنْ جَزَعْتَ وَإِنْ جَزِعْتَ جَرَى عَلَيْكَ الْقَدْرُ وَأَنْتَ مَأْزُورُ He says, the guy's son passes away. And he says, listen man, if you have patience, the decree of Allah is going to happen anyway. But you'll get rewarded. If you don't have patience, the decree of Allah is going to happen regardless. And you'll be punished. He said, you're in a problem right now. You have two choices. Be patient, because what's going to happen is already going to happen, whether you're patient or impatient. If you're patient, you're rewarded. If you're impatient, you're punished. يَا لَلْعِلْمِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ كَمْ نَحْنُ مُحْتَاجُونَ لِمِثْلِ هَذَا الْفِقِ الْعَمَلِ عِنْدَ وَقُوعِ الْمَصَائِبِ فَمَا مِنَّا إِلَّا وَيُبْتَرَى بِمُصِيبَةٍ تُحْزِنُهُ There's none of us in this room but has a problem that really makes us sad. Either it's a, a death of a friend, it's a problem, whatever it may be, we all have something that troubles us. Then he says, he talks about a, uh, a story. He says, أَنَّ رَجُلًا كَتَبَ إِلَىٰ أَخٍ لَهُ فُجِعَ بِوَفَاتِ وَلَدِهِ قَائِلًا He said to a person whose uh, child passed away, he said, إِنَّمَا يَسْتَوْجِبُ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَعْدَهُ مَنْ صَبَرَ لِلَّهِ بِحَقِّهِ فَلَا تَجْمَعْ إِلَىٰ مَا أُصِبَتَ بِهِ مِنَ الْمُصِيبَةِ الْفَجِيعَةِ بِالْأَجْرِ فَإِنَّهَا أَعْظَمُ الْمُصِيبَتِينَ عَلَيْكَ your biggest difficulty and the thing that is like that hurts you the most, right? The musibah you're in. Alright? He says, listen man, you're in a problem. In this problem, if you don't have patience, then you become far from Allah and now you're sitting with another problem. And this new problem is bigger than the problem you're already in. Okay, let me say that again. He says, you're in a problem. Someone passes away. Something happens. He says, that's a problem. But you not having patience in that problem results in such distance from Allah and anger from Allah that now you have a newer problem. And that new problem of being distant from Allah is greater than the problem you are already in. You guys get that or one over your heads? Yes or no? Got it. Part 2. Ali ta'ala anhu says, Inna ni'mata muwassalatan bil shukr, wa shukru mu'allakun bil mazid, wa huma maqroonani fi qarnin, 
فلن ينقطع المزيد من الله حتى ينقطع الشكر من العبد he says the he says blessings are connected to gratitude and gratitude is connected to more blessings so the chain goes like this blessings is connected to gratitude the more gratitude the more blessings and the more gratitude you have it increases blessings which results in gratitude and he says this is the cycle he says as long as you are grateful allah will give you more allah says in the quran وَإِذْ تَأَذَّنَ رَبُّكُمْ لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ Surah Ibrahim verse 7 Allah has announced If you are grateful, I will give you more If you are ungrateful, know that my punishment is severe Moving on His other advice is Man, man lanat kalimatuhu wajabat mahabbatuhu. Whoever's words are soft, automatically love of that person starts to enter into your heart of them. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Musa alayhi salam to go and give da'wah to Fir'aun, what did Allah tell Musa alayhi salam? Anyone remember what, he, what advice Allah gave Musa alayhi salam? Faqula lahu qawla Allah said, Musa, be gentle with them. He said some terrible things, but be gentle. He's arrogant, be gentle. I'm like, whoa. So one time, Harun al-Rashid was Khalifa. And one of the scholars just ripped at him and went off, just popped off. And Harun al-Rashid listened, listened, listened. And he's like, hey, stop for a second. He said, first of all, I'm not worse than Fir'aun. And you're not better than Musa. And Allah told Musa to speak nicely to Fir'aun. <laughs> he said, I'm not worse than Fir'aun, so I don't deserve this. And you're not better than Musa, so you don't get to say this to me. So, man lanat kalimatuhu wajabat mahabbatuhu. Choose gentleness in your words. In the Arabic language, uh, how do you say word? In Urdu or Arabic, how do you say word? Alfaz, very good. Alfaz, the singular is? Laf. What does lafadha mean? What does lafadha mean? It's an Arabic word. Loves is an Arabic word. Lafada means to throw something. When you're throwing something, you're throwing it in one of few ways. Either you know that the person in front of you can catch it, so you can throw it really fast. Or you know they can't catch, so you wobble it. Or you don't know. In that case, you're still careful because you don't know if the person can catch or they're going to miss. And that's how our words are. Our words are like things we throw at people. Those who can absorb it, we can be more straightforward with them. Those who can't, we can be a bit uh, mellow with them. And those who uh, we don't know, always take gentleness. Mawna Shafali Tanvi mentioned in one place, he said, be like silk, gentle in the hands of others, but firm. Say what you have to say, what's right, but be gentle in the hands of others. Are you guys following along or is this like... Yes? Huh? You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, He said, be gentle with the Sahaba. If you weren't gentle, they would have abandoned you. And ignore their shortcomings and consult them. 
it's a it's a good reminder that uh, for us to be as gentle with our words as possible. Continues and he says, "Hilmuka ala safi yukathiru ansaraka ali." Dude, this guy is, is he's known as being one of the most wisest of the companions. He says, "Your patience and your showing grace to idiots and people who are haters." will make more supporters for you. You know when people are haters of you and they say negative things and bad things? He says, be patient, don't react. Respond, don't react. What will this do? يُكَثِّرُ It will make more people your friends. More people will be on your side than that individual. In the beginning, that, might, that person's words or opinions might get somewhere. But after a while, no. The truth manifests, it comes out. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make other people your supporters and other people your friends. I wish you guys knew Arabic. Your patience with an idiot will make more supporters of yours against them. This is another poem. I like this one. This one's nice. This idiot or stupid person, I'm not putting a one of you guys, I'm just in that direction. This person, Safi is you know, Ullu, idiot, stupid, all of those things, right? This uh, toxic person. This toxic person addresses me with all their negativity. I dislike that I respond to them. His stupidity keeps on growing and my patience and my grace and compassion and integrity keeps on growing. I am like that piece of oud or that wood that the more you burn the wood, the more fragrance comes out of it. No, you understand the poem. Uh, the poet says that let us test our mites. You keep on shooting your arrows against my integrity, and I will keep on showing you how patient and how forbearing I am. The other advice he gives is Al Mushawaratu Hisnun Minan Nadama wa Amnun Anil Malama. A lot of these are rhyming, so you miss out half of the enjoyment by not knowing the Arabic language. He says, consulting mashwara. Mashwara, mashawara. is very important in sunnah. Make sure you always do mashwara. Mashwara is very important. He says, mashwara is a citadel or a fort against regret. Mashwara consulting is defense against regret. Wa amnun alil malama and its protection against nadama is so the difference between nadama and malama nadama is like regret malama is like when you blame yourself when you start telling yourself that uh you know that why did i do this why 
So he says, when you consult other people, you will protect yourself from two things. Number one, regret. And number two, blaming yourself of the mistakes because you've taken other people's advice. And Allah puts barakah when you take advice. And remember from the etiquettes of mashwara is that there is no mashwara before mashwara and there is no mashwara after mashwara. Meaning that before you sit to get the advice and the consultation, you don't lobby it before and you don't lobby for the decision to get changed after. Whatever the mashwara is made in the gathering, the mashwara is made. And you should just move forward with the mashwara and do tawakkal and trust upon Allah. Part three. This is the last part of his advices, inshallah. We'll do a few from here. Ali radiallahu anhu says, "Khudu minni hadhihi al-kalimat al-khams." Take from me these five words. Fa inna kum wallahi lo rakibatum al-matiya hatta tunsibuha ma adrakt mithlahunna. He says, "Wallahi, if you travel the world, you won't find advices like these five that I'm about to tell you." Number one, la yarjuna abadun. No person should desire anything but their Creator. And nothing should scare you, and you shouldn't be frightened of anything but your sins. And you should never be embarrassed if you are asked something that you don't know, that you say, I don't know. Imam Malik rahmatullahi was a great scholar in Medina Munawwara. One man traveled six months to go see Imam Malik rahmatullahi in Medina. His people, you know, back in the day, if they, you know, they didn't just text the sheikh. People didn't have Imam Malik's phone number. They would write a letter. They would have a bunch of questions. They would travel six months. They would sit. They would learn. They'd go back to their people and they'd tell them the answers. That was how Google worked back in the day. Nowadays, it's someone asks the sheikh a question. Sheikh, what's this? But I think this is the answer. But I asked that sheikh, and I asked this person and that person, and why are you asking me? Okay. So now, uh, he goes on and he says, he comes and travels for six months, and he arrives and he sits by Imam Malik rahmatullahi, and he asks him, he has 60 questions. Ask him the first question. Imam Malik says, La adri, I don't know. Second one, La adri, I don't know. Third, 10th, 20th, 30th, 40th, 50th, 60. All 60 questions, everyone. Imam Malik is like, La Adri, I don't know. I don't know. And the man said, I, tra I travel six months' journey to come and ask you this question. What will I tell my people? He said, Faqul lahum anna malikan la yadri. Let them know the Malik doesn't know. Tell them that the only thing that I can send from here is that Malik doesn't know the answer. And it's important for us to be able to say, I don't know. And if you don't know, don't be embarrassed to seek and learn. And the example of patience to your faith is like the head to the body. There is no benefit for a body that has no uh, head to it. There's a lot to unpack and pack in this. Maybe one day we'll do like a Juma khutbah out of this. But in the essence of time, 
we're going to skip the details of it and just go over about two more, two or three more advices of his. Inna al-haqqa wal-baatila la yu'rifani bi-aqadari al-rijal wa bi-a'mali al-dhan. I'rif al-haqqa ta'rif ahlahu wa'rif al-baatil ta'rif ahlahu. He's just dropping gems upon gems. This one, take a deep breath, hear it, and remember it through your entire life. Alama Abdul Hay Laknawi summarizes this whole advice into one line in his book, Naf'ul Mufti Was Sail. He says, Rijal Bil Haq Rijal. He says that we understand that if somebody is correct based on if they are acting on the truth. Not that just because so and so did it, it is correct. No scholar's actions make something correct. Just because someone does something doesn't make it appropriate. Oh, this, oh we saw this sheikh do it. We saw this sheikh eat it. Oh, we went to Isra and we saw this being served over there. We went over there and we saw this. That doesn't make it okay. And I've told you this story tons of time before. When I was visiting Darulam Zakaria with my teacher, Muhtilawadine, one time my beard was cut very short. And I was in, I had already graduated. So I was visiting and one of the kids goes to me, he's like, hey, your beard's short. And I was like, yeah, I was like, well, go ask Mufti Taqi, his is too. I mean, I just said it because like, I, I just said something to say something. After I left my teacher, Mufti Alauddin, at that time he was alive, he saw me walking and he called me. And he said, I heard that you made a comment. And immediately I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said something in my own alma mater, in, in my own institute. I shouldn't have said something. My teachers are still here. It was disrespectful, so I said, Mufti Saab, forgive me, my mistake, I shouldn't have said anything. He's like, I don't care what you said. He said, I'm upset at the weakness of your evidence. He said, you're a scholar and you don't know that a scholar is not evidence? You don't know about this? That their words aren't, ev that, that their actions aren't evidence? It's their words, what is right, what is wrong, that's what matters. He said, just because a scholar does an action, does it make it okay? He said it's dependent upon what is the truth. And that's what Ali radiallahu anhu is saying. He's saying, Inna al-haqq wal-baatil la yu'rifan bi-aqdar al-rajal. What is right and wrong isn't understood by does X do it or does Y do it, therefore it's right. No. He says they, he said, understand what is right. Understand what is wrong. And if someone is doing this, they're on the right path. If someone is doing this, they're on the right path. They're on the wrong path. But don't develop a cultish mindset. Don't become a cult. This is, this is for the muftis. He says, Al-Faqih man lam nas min rahmatillahi ta'ala. He says, the mufti is the one that doesn't let people lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Walam yurakhis lahum fi ma'asillah. But also doesn't open the doors of the disobedience of Allah to them. He says, the mufti is not so strict that people think that the mercy of Allah is closed. And the scholar also doesn't open the doors so wide that he opens the doors for sins. You have to strike the balance in between. Let people understand and acknowledge and be appreciative of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, don't open the doors of sin. Don't, don't make them comfortable enough to sin. And again, this is, this is a problem that we see that we, we, we mellow Islam so much that it opens the doors to sins. And we should be cognizant of it because at the end of the day, our allegiance lies to Allah. He says, I fear two things upon you. 
following your desires and having long hope if a person constantly follows their desires it will prevent them from truth and having and having long hopes makes a person forget the akhirah the more you have amal amal is like you know where you feel like I have time I have a long time I'm still young it's not my time yet I'll change later on he says this makes a person forget the hereafter then he says he says that you, the, the, the true battle is the battle you fight yourself, your nafs. If you can defeat your own nafs, you can defeat anybody. If you can't defeat you, you can't defeat anyone. I mentioned to you about Ghazali's quote of Ayyuhal Walad, uh, where he mentions, Man arafa nafsahu arafa rabbahu. Whoever understands and acknowledges and can, 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 can see themselves and understand themselves, then truly they can understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who can understand the, 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 the weaknesses and the strengths of their nafs. The Prophet sallallahu said, That the strong one isn't the one who can defeat others in battle. Can you defeat yourself in battle? If you can, destroy your, if you can defeat your own ego, you can defeat anyone. If you can't defeat you, you can't defeat anyone. The greer maidanukum, your battle nufusukum is yourself. If you can, if you can defeat you, you can defeat anyone. And then he says al hawa ama. He says desires make a person blind. When a person is so deep into their desires, into their sins, they become blind from what is right and wrong. And finally, he says. He says, people are asleep. When they die, that's when they wake up. He says, people are asleep. Death wakes them up. You are you going to drop gems? And you're only, you're, you're, and you're getting like, you know how people in Urdu, like poetry sounds so good. And then like when I translate it, you're thinking like, oh no, you didn't really get me. Like, you didn't really feel the Ullu when I said Ullu, right? Like you didn't. You don't understand the depth of the meaning of it. Same way, like, for those who don't understand Arabic, you can't truly enjoy the, the beauty and the, the, po the poetic nature of Sayyidina Ali anhu. Ali ibn Abi Talib anhu was, was, was incredible. Next week, we'll talk about Sayyidina Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah anhu, Talha bin Ubaidah.